This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. So, I am very excited to have Ancestral Health Guy with me this week.、Uh, we are going to talk all things gut health. We're going to talk about how he healed his anxiety as well as panic attacks from a carnivore diet. I look forward to you guys listening to this. This one was a special one for me because we both create a lot of infographics for Instagram and a lot of people share our information. And so, You know, it was really nice to talk to somebody that understands the level of work that it requires. All right, so one thing I do want to bring up with you guys is that Sunny and I talk about how to detox the body and how to heal gut health and how he recommends or believes that you need、um, some sort of like antifungal or some way to help、uh, remove toxins from the body. I do personally believe that you are able to remove toxins from the body by eating a clean diet. Uh, by fasting and possibly、uh, re, I guess, supporting the gut by adding probiotics to your body. Some of us can just get away with eating meat and cleaning up our diet and then healing our gut completely. I have several clients that have been able to do that, but then we have other clients that are not able to do that. And that's because, I mean, You know, some people have been sicker for longer, and there's a lot more gut dysbiosis. I think it's really bio individual, and so I don't want you guys to walk away from this thinking that you need, you know, X amount of supplements.、Um, I do think supplements work and basically speed up the healing process, but I'm not saying that it's always needed. So I do think that your body can detox and help the die off even without any supplements. In my upcoming book, I talk a lot more about the details about gut health and how I think you can support your body. So stay tuned for that. We also get into talking about the difference between meat stock and bone broth, and I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, meat stock is pretty much bone broth, but it's、um, using more of the flesh, so more of the muscle meat. It's, it is using some of the bone, but it's usually cooked much less longer than、uh, bone broth, and a lot of times people add vegetables.、Uh, they won't necessarily eat the vegetables, but then they'll eat the enzymes in the vegetables. 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but um, it's, you know, obviously if uh, a little bit of vegetable flavoring will allow you to consume bone broth, that's probably better than no bone broth. But meat stock is a definitely a good option if you have histamine intolerances. You can also cook bones in a pressure cooker and that'll cook the bones and even the meats way faster and so there will be less histamines released. The best bones to use are knuckles, joints, feet, and uh, I mean chicken feet and marrow bones. Uh, I have a video on how to cook a nutrient-dense bone broth and I also have a nutrient-dense bone broth guide. I will link to both of them in the show notes. Lastly, chicken feet have much more gelatin than many of the beef bones and it's significantly cheaper than the beef bones that have gelatin. So make sure to get your gelatin and your collagen through your bone broths. Uh, if bone broth causes histamine or like some sort of sensitivity, then definitely try uh, more of a meat stock. And meat stock, you can use meat like oxtail, short ribs, um, meat that adds more flavor and there is a little less collagen, but it's still nutrient dense. And as Sunny says in the Q&A, it'll provide you that gut healing support and some of the nutrient density as well. All right, guys, let's get into this. I'm very excited to share and I will talk to you guys at the end of the video. Hey guys, I am very excited to have Ancestral Health Guy with me today. You guys probably have seen many of his infographics and probably shared many of them as well. Uh, we will talk a lot about uh, gut health and we'll talk about anxiety and how to heal anxiety. And we will also talk about the foods that will be beneficial to heal your gut. So Ancestral Health Guy, I'm very excited to have you on. Hey Judy, thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, no, thanks for um, coming on. So if uh, for those of you viewers that don't know you, if you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so my name is Sonny. Um, I've been born and raised in London the whole time. And basically, I, I've always had a bit of social anxiety throughout my childhood. But like around this kind of college time, it just got a lot worse. And it could have been because of the just more junk food, um, more stress in general. But my anxiety just got worse and worse. Um, so it got to a point where I was getting panic attacks and oh. you know, anxiety attacks, really bad social anxiety. Like I could literally go to a lesson and I would just had have to leave the classroom because it was oh, so wow. bad. I couldn't even answer like a question without like the stress of it getting to me. And I went to see, you know, therapists, hi like hypnotherapists, mm -hmm. um, psychiatrists, you know, people that give you pills. Luckily I never really took the pills, but, um, so in the end, I just got really desperate and I started learning about um, gut health, the keto diet. And um, for me, the keto diet itself wasn't really, didn't really help. But when I went carnivore, it really helped. So there was something about the carnivore diet, probably the meat, <laughs> that really right, helped. Right. And then I got passionate about um, helping other people so they don't have to suffer like I did. So I created the Instagram. And that's basically how it, um, Ancestral Health Guy was started. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then what is like one of the reasons why you, I mean, I know you just said that you like to help people, but mm -hmm. you know, we see your infographics everywhere. Uh, what is one of the like motivations into creating these graphics and being on Instagram? Yeah. So the biggest one is because health is, I mean, the biggest one is helping people, but the probably the mm -hmm. second biggest is probably, it's just health is so complicated and it's really hard to, um, not many people are like looking at studies. They're not like, um, they're just looking at like an article saying, you know, meat is bad for you or like, and they don't understand. So I just try to make it like really simple for people. And, and uh, you know, just I feel that, that will, that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. To help people understand it more right. easily. And yeah. 
I, I do the same thing. I, um, I'm on the same page. I think people want like quick, easy, digestible information. And if it's a, uh, the easier it is, the more it'll kind of stick. And I, um, yeah. you know, I think it's, if we understand that, I think it's sort of our duty as like humans in this connected world that we can share the information. Um, mm. So in terms of your gut healing um, and using the carnivore diet, how did you find the carnivore diet? How long were you on keto? And then how long were you on carnivore until you saw some healing? If you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I started like I found Dr. Berg on YouTube oh. and I was doing the sort of um, his keto diet, like high fat, um, make sure my protein wasn't too high kind of thing. Yeah. I did that for about maybe like two months or something. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't feel anything. So I went back to kind of a standard English, standard American diet kind of thing. Um, and then I saw Jordan Peterson on, on uh, YouTube oh. saying how his like anxiety and depression was so much better after he went on an all meat diet. And I was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. So I started um, adding some, I started my first meal. I had like ground beef and eggs mm-hmm. and I, it was, I really didn't enjoy it. I felt a bit sick. I was like, I felt like I was going to die or something. Like, oh my God, this cholesterol is going to kill me or something. <laughs> um, so that, that's how it started. And to okay. be honest, I didn't, it didn't help straight away. But I just kept, um, the next week, you know, I tried it again. And this time I tried like a steak, a nice grass-fed steak with some butter. And, and I just did it for about a month. Just I was like, I need to do this because my anxiety is so bad. I can't even like live right. life. Normally. So I was just, for, I was in such a desperate position, which is why I did it. I would have never have done it if I wasn't in that position probably. And, um, and yeah, I just, after about maybe a week or so, my anxiety just, I just felt a lot more relaxed, a lot more calm. My, you know, my sleep improved, just, um, it really helped my anxiety straight away pretty much after a week. Wow. That's amazing. So how long, and how long did you say that you were struggling with anxiety? A long, I mean, social anxiety since very young, like five years old or something crazy. Wow. But and I so really, panic sorry, attacks, go ahead. so panic attacks is like where the problem like started real problem like because if you've ever had a panic attack you know it's one of the worst feelings in the world like you feel like you're gonna die um yeah. so that was like i was suffering from that for like maybe a year or something yeah wow and then within a week you felt a lot of the symptoms alleviate mm-hmm. of wow yeah. of your anxiety well, just on a carnivore diet wow about a week a week or two yeah well, wow, that is amazing. Um, so I know that you also incorporated a lot of raw dairy and antifungals like um, mm-hmm. oregano oil. Can you talk a yeah. little bit about that and why you included those? So at first it wasn't that. At first it was just meat. It was just steaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while, when I started feeling better, I was watching a lot, you know, learning about the Western A. Price Foundation, about um, all these ancestral tribes and how they're drinking. I was like, what is raw dairy? I don't understand. I never even heard of it. And luckily I have access to it. So I tried it. Um, so the main reason why I did raw dairy was because the probiotic, then the kefir, really good probiotic, and I had lots of food intolerances. Um, so I was researching more about it, and I learned how like candida and SIBO can cause these food intolerances, and I learned about how herbs are like really the only way to properly kill them because many people mm-hmm. think you can just starve them out, but they can they can feed on anything. They can feed on ketones. They can feed on protein. They can feed off sugar. They feed the fastest on sugar, but you need some herbs to kill the candida or SIBO. Otherwise, it'll, they'll just never go away. So I basically, it didn't, I didn't do that for my anxiety. I did it just to heal my candida because I definitely had some food intolerances and other symptoms like fatigue, which I think were caused by the candida. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then what do you think caused your anxiety and the panic mm-hmm. attacks? I think literally just a lack of red meat, like simply put, like 
vitamins like B12, saturated fat, cholesterol, carnitine. Many people don't realize carnitine should be really a nutrient. Like it should be a nutrient. It's so important for the for mental wellness. Um, loads of other things and like K2, D3. Like cholesterol is a is a precursor to D3. So some people, if they got too low cholesterol, they're not producing, they're not making much D3. So sure. all these things in red meat, um, heme iron, another one, so important um, for mental wellness. Right. And we're not really talking about it. So I think because of the demonization of animal foods in like the Western world, people are just deficient in red meat. And that's a big cause for me personally. Yeah. So when you were eating your st- uh, standard um, diet, it was, <laughs> you know, I'm assuming there was a lot of carbs, but um, in terms of meat, you weren't eating any red I meat. I was eating meat, but I just wasn't, I was never eating like a steak, you know, I'd eat like this little, like people think we're eating a lot of meat, but they're really not. If you think about it, they're having like maybe a chicken Caesar salad, you know, like some yeah. ch- tiny bit of chicken, or maybe I'd have some bacon once in a while, but I was never really eating a lot of meat, even though I was never, you know, I was never vegan or, but I was always eating a, and I also think people don't realize that the standard American diet and English diet is kind of plant-based if you think about it. Like most people are consuming yes. more than like 70% of their calories from plants. So that, yes. so that is not really a meat-based diet, even in the first place. Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, and I mean, meat is so demonized, um, especially after the 50s, where they say if you eat Mm -hmm. a lot of saturated fats, then you will get heart disease. And that is the cause of why heart disease is increasing when it's um, completely false. Um, So why did you take the oregano oils and how did you take it? I mean, how did you know that? you know, all of these steps were working. So how did mm-hmm. you know? So I didn't really know for sure, but basically I started taking it because I had in my opinion, this is basically how gut like health works. I wanted to rest the gut, which is like how the carnival diet helped me do that. And then I wanted to kill the pathogens because I thought I had food intolerances. I was like, why do I have, you know, why can't I eat an avocado? Well, why can't I eat? Like, I want to eat like some sort of other plant food once in a while. Why can't I, why, why can't I eat other plant foods? So and I realized that it could have been caused by also like a like a candida or a CCBO. So that's why I did the oregano oil. And there's lots of them. There's polyarco, there's caprylic acid. It's just antifungal, antibacterial. Um, and how did I know when it was working, did you say? Yes. Yeah, so it's just a reduction in symptoms. Like I after about a month of doing these antifungals, I could like tolerate foods better. Like Say if I wanted to eat um, like a piece of bread or something, like if I went out with some friends or something, it would just feel a lot better. It wouldn't like hurt my gut as much. Sure. It's interesting because you also started the carnivore diet in tandem with the antifungals. And so there's a lot of carnivores that don't take the antifungals. So it's interesting Mm. to, you, you have to wonder like, is it, would you have felt the same way had you not taken the antifungals? I know that you... Um, said that without plants that they won't um, the you know the bad bugs won't truly die off there are Mm. many carnivores that never take it and they feel that their guts are completely healed maybe it's Mm. the bad bugs are dormant who knows um it's pretty interesting though um i do and um on the flip side uh, you know just um, agreeing with you 
I know several carnivores that have been doing it for a year or two and, um, you know, they eat a no scale, so they're not just eating steaks, but they still have gut issues. So if they up mm -hmm. the fat, especially rendered fat more, then mm -hmm. they have the runs. And there's just certain symptoms that they're not fully able to heal. And when I talk uh, with them, it's they have gut issues still, even though, you know, they are they're eating clean and eating carnivore for mm -hmm several years. So th that's when I would highly recommend probably these antifungals. Yeah. So, and you just, uh, how do you use your oil? So do you like just use droppers? Do you put it in your food? So I use tinctures. Another thing to oh. mention as well is like these, these sort of herbs, they're not really, they are plants, but they're kind of like plant chemicals in a weird way. Like True. they're not really like eating. It's not the same as eating a, you know, broccoli or carrot. Because like, you know, an ancestral tribes have been using uh, like plants as medicine. It's more like a medicine mm -hmm. rather than a food. So yes. that's another thing to like, you know, think about as well. So, so yeah, I use tincture so, forms. Um, okay, so like you don't ever put like oregano and, you know, the other anti-fungal yeah. uh, seasonings on your foods? Or you can, but I think the tinctures are just more effective, especially if they're in a capsule form. Because sure. it's more likely to go further down the digestive tract. Because, um, you know, you have those candida, like some of them are in the colon. So like, how are you going to get to the colon if you're just taking some herbs in your food, you know? That's true. Um, so, and what about activated charcoal? Mm -hmm. So I say charcoal, it's, it's not a must, um, but what is it? It's a binder, like clay. So it binds up toxins together. So when you're fighting candida or SIBO or any sort of pathogen, you're bound to get die off, which is when, you know, you kill them and they, they produce these symptoms as they're dying off, like fatigue. Some people get really bad die off, like they have skin issues. It all comes out in their skin. So what can what can what um activated charcoal does is basically bind them up together and help you push them out of the body. So it's kind of a way it like helps you detox these like toxins out, right? Um, which stops the die off symptoms from like yeah. Basically. Yeah, and that, I mean that makes full sense. Um, I I, you know, I always say that when you have gut health, uh, the first like indication and sign of someone having gut health is skin issues. So it's like the mm -hmm. eczema, the rashes, the hives, the psoriasis. And so it makes yeah. sense that when the die off is happening and, you know, some of that like toxin, toxic stuff is spreading in your body that you can then have skin issues again. Absolutely mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, one thing I do recommend for my clients is instead of just uh, doing carnivore and detoxing at the same time, you have to make sure that your organs are also healthy and the systems are working right. So your kidneys are working, your liver's uh, properly functioning so that it can even have the capacity to do detoxification for you. Yeah. If not, then maybe just start with the like bone broth and the meats. And then once you feel a little bit better, then maybe you could start putting in, like you said, the antifungals and um, yeah. activated charcoal or whatever other, you know, uh, tools you'll use. Did you use, and so with that thought, did you use the, you know, all of these like antifungals and all that in the beginning? I, I, you said no, but how long after did you start using it? Which it, was makes a, it, was a, it was about a month and okay. maybe more than a month after. And I agree with you because it's really, I, that's a good, it's a good job you mentioned that because um, people, yeah, you need to have, you need to have enough nutrients to help you detox as well, right? Yeah. So if yeah. you're like constantly detoxing, you're not giving your body a break then you're, it's going to like affect you. It's going to be more harm than good. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I am so anti those juicing. And I've done so many juicing cleanses in my life. Like I did the yeah. you know, the lemon detox, which is honey and uh, maple, I mean, maple syrup. And yeah, but it's uh, <laughs> you need to uh, heal your body first and have enough nutrients mm -hmm. to even do the detoxing. So that's mm -hmm. why those juicing diets are so not good for you. Um, mm, that, and yeah. so uh, 
And so you said the way that you felt um, your gut was healed was just less symptoms. Um, when did you feel symptom-free or do you feel symptom-free now? Yeah, I feel symptom-free now completely. Like, okay. I mean, I think the best way to tell if you're symptom-free is test yourself. Like, I know, don't obviously eat really bad food all the time, but test yourself. Have something that's hard to digest normally. Have a pizza, you know, and see how, like, obviously don't eat it every day, but I'm saying that's if you can tolerate that it's a sign that your gut's healed like if you can't tolerate any foods then that is a sign that you're not really getting to the root cause um there's something still there or sure. for example your immune system gets better like mental you feel more mentally well um your skin has better it's your skin looks healthier all these symptoms i mean all these things are a sign that your gut's um, right healed or healthier and what about your anxiety or you, mm -hmm. um, or your panic attacks do you still get those and if you do how do you handle anxiety now i haven't got a panic attack since i started that carnival diet which is great awesome. but i have um i have gone to times when i've like experienced this anxious feeling right and the best thing i do now is um i normally relax you know take a walk walks are really important but mostly just i tell myself as well like it's okay to feel anxious. Like people always tell me, it's like, how do I stop feeling anxious? And I say, why do you want to stop feeling anxious, right? Like that's a normal feeling. There's, there's a difference between feeling anxious and feeling panic and like you're gonna die, right? There's a big difference, and it's it's okay to feel anxious. Um, there's a reason why people feel anxious. It's it make it's exciting as well. It's like a sign that you care about something. You know? Yeah, I mean, I try to tell my clients that if you feel anxious, it's tip, you know, it's okay to feel human emotions, right? You have to feel the bad ones to then understand and appreciate mm. the good ones. Mm -hmm. And so anxiety is a feeling in your body. It's a state that's telling you that something is bothering you. And so mm -hmm. I think really, it's not that people don't want to feel anxious. It's people don't want to feel the anxiety that then makes them do a behavior that they may not like and so they think yeah. ideally it's just let's just kill the anxiety um i think really it's about educating okay so once you feel the anxiety what is it that bad behavior you do and then let's cut it or change it and then let's change it into a behavior that's conducive to your mental health your physical health mm. etc mm, yeah so for me personally i when i used to feel anxiety then i tended to binge and that would relieve some of the anxiety in the moment but obviously i would feel a lot worse i'd start feeling groggy and all that stuff and now when i feel anxiety and you feel it it's like you feel this like rush of blood you feel tense yeah. right and you feel like you want to pace and now i just play music and this is some of the one tool i use but i play music and i just start like dancing or singing really <laughs> loud and it, it releases yeah. it right because we need these cues in our bodies to acknowledge what is going on. And I think that's why anxiety and these things, um, these emotions are important. Um, mm. And so for you, you go on walks. Is there anything else that you do to sort of relieve? Um, like, I like taking like baths. Um, <laughs> I like just, you know, hanging out, with my hanging out with my girlfriend. Um, but there isn't like a really main thing I do in the moment. I'd say just, it's more about for preparation, like, getting sure. all the keys together, having good sleep, having a good meal. Like it's not really about like dealing with the actual symptoms in the moment. Right. Um, going to talking about your raw milk. So do you now mm -hmm. consume raw milk often? I prefer fermented dairy. Um, okay. I, I just like, it's easier to digest, right? It's got more nutrients. So why not ferment it? Um, but yeah, I do drink it from time to time, but I normally make it into kefir. Because I just, yes. I just, it just feel amazing when I drink kefir and raw milk, is tends tends to be harder to digest because you know it's got the 
the lactose is pre-digested when it turns to kefir and other things and stuff like that. Yeah, the only um, note I want to make for the people uh, watching is that if you have any candida and you have to be mindful of your fermentation mm -hmm. of foods because if you have um, severe gut issues and like candida, they will feed off your fermented foods. So mm -hmm. you should actually hold off on that. Um, <clears throat> so you can have kefir and um, like kimchi and all those, what you know, all the fermented uh, foods, but just wait until you have your gut healed. Yeah, I don't know, because for me it was like, I mean, I'm kind of disagreeable with that because oh, okay. for me it was like important to have fermented foods while I was, because if you think about it, if you kill all the candida with with herbs, mm -hmm. um, they're just going to grow back unless you unless you reculture the gut with something. So it doesn't right, necessarily right. mean you have to have fermented foods, but you need to take some sort of probiotic at the same yeah. time. So that's, that's how I um, so that's how I recommend it with my clients is I um, I have them on a spore probiotic and so you know the spores yeah. they cut through all of your digestive system so yes I fully agree you need to have mm. I mean if you're killing your bad bugs then you need good bugs to mm -hmm. um, you know exactly. grow right yeah. so yes I agree with that I absolutely agree mm. that you do need probiotics um, but I don't for me from just all that I've experienced um, when they use like the fermented foods it um, it did not heal their candida mm -hmm. but that's interesting it's uh you know it's all bio individual so yeah. um why 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 would you say that pasteurized milk is bad or not mm -hmm. ideal because um so the enzymes bacteria is what makes like raw dairy easy to digest right um so for example lactase is in raw milk which helps digest lactose and um even there's even some enzymes that help you digest some like casein and um, so when you're pasteurizing the milk, unless it's really low pasteurization, you're basically killing all these enzymes and bacteria. Even like there's like white bloods, there's anti, like the cow or the animals literally giving you immune system from, from the dairy. Like there's like white blood cells, there's antibodies which are killed during pasteurization. So like many of the health benefits of dairy is destroyed when you pasteurize, basically heat up dairy. Yes, I, I completely agree. And um, I, I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but in uh, the States, mm -hmm. when they, so the organic milks are very, very highly pasteurized at, I mean, high, mm -hmm. high temperatures. Yeah, so yeah. What you're saying is it's ironic because most people are shifting to organic milk, but those are the ones that even have probably the least amount mm -hmm. of nutrients. And then they just fortify it with all this fake crap or yeah. fake vitamins. So mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's unfortunate, but um, so. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's the same here. Um, and also there's like homogenized, which is really bad as well. Yeah. yeah. So you want to kind of avoid those. Do you want I to mean, talk about that a little bit? Like why is homogenization uh, bad? Yeah, it's just, it's just the worst. Thing you can... And another thing I want to mention as well is that um, I do buy like pasteurized dairy if I don't like, if I can't get um, raw dairy. Like okay. I just find a really good like grass fed brand because um, sure. like it's even in UK, you know, you're not allowed to sell it in stores. You have to find an amazing, like a farmer's market. Oh, okay. So it's a bit annoying, but I try to like, if I'm really lazy and I don't want to go out to a farmer's market, then I'll buy like, if I'm making some sort of, I don't know, if I want to make kefir, I'd, I'd buy really good quality grass-fed dairy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's like, I got lots of, I get lots of messages from people from like Australia, or different countries who can't buy raw dairy because it's illegal. Okay. Um, so I do tell them like, yeah, have some grass-fed like pasteurized butter if you can't get raw butter or like, you know, it's not the end of the world and you don't, right, you don't right. eat dairy in your diet, but dairy is nutrient dense and it's one of the best sources of k2 that not many other foods really have especially if you're an anim, uh, nutrient dense especially if you're only eating animal foods you know 
Yeah, I, I just made a list of, and I, I don't know why I can't recall, but I just made a list of uh, foods that you need um, and that are rich in K2, but uh, definitely dairy is one. I don't remember the other ones for some reason. It's, it's, like oh, yeah, a dark chicken is one, too. Dark oh, chicken. okay. I don't know yeah. that. Interesting. Um, um, yeah. So in terms of the gut, uh, when you are trying to heal the gut, what vegetables would you say these are absolute no's, like do not eat or touch these foods? Yeah. So I think, it, first of all, if your gut's really injured, I think, you know, I think you should even be eating vegetables, to be honest. Like you're better off, like you don't necessarily have to be, you know, you just, just meat. I would stick to meat if your gut's really injured because vegetables, you know, people think they're easy to digest, but they're really not, you know, they're... Right. Vegetables are very hard to digest and we haven't got the gut of like a, of a herbivore or even a, you know, or even a gorilla or an ape. Right. We can't digest vegetables like they can. So if we do want to eat them, then for me, it's about preparation. So boil them a lot. Like it doesn't necessarily, for, if you want to eat carrots, boil the hell out of them. Like yeah. that, will, that will reduce, many people don't realize this, but anti-nutrients also make, yeah. they affect digestion. So foods that are high in anti-nutrients also tend to be hard to digest. Yes. So I would get rid of spinach, no kale, you know, just keep the like yes. boiled carrots, like really boiled broccoli, um, you know, even maybe some kimchi, sauerkraut. Um, it's not too bad because at least it's fermented, which helps you digest it, the enzyme right. bacteria. So how long um, did you eat carnivore and then heal that you kind of started mm -hmm. introducing a little bit of vegetables? So I was in, I was doing carnivore diet for maybe like two months or more. Okay. Um, but I did, and then I started um, introducing vegetables after that. But to be honest, um, even now I don't really eat much vegetables. Okay. I don't think they're essential. Uh, I, you know, I, I eat carbs now, like some sort of forms of like raw honey, some mm. other forms like mashed potatoes, because I feel good with a mixture of like carbs and lots of meat. But I keep my diet meat based. But I honestly yeah. don't think vegetables are essential. Okay. No, I yeah. yeah. Um, so can you tell our listeners a little bit about the difference between a prebiotic and probiotic mm -hmm. probiotics? Yeah, so prebiotic would be like fibrous food, which I don't think are that important. Um, kimchi is a good prebiotic and probiotic because it's mm -hmm. so probiotic is like something the foods of high in bacteria. So kimchi and then it has the fiber and the probiotic. Um, kefir is a really good probiotic, even cured meats. Um, be careful though, because many of them use too many nitrates. So you need to find like a traditional, traditionally made brand um, without, they don't use lots of nitrates. And then you have, um, I mean, kombucha can be a good probiotic. Um, and if you want to experiment with like, there's a high liver, like, you know, fermented liver. But uh, oh. yeah, so best probiotics would be those sort of kefir, uh, kimchi. Um, these do, sort of things. Do you ever supplement with um, like supplements for probiotics? I do. Yeah, I use the spore-based one. I don't know oh, what okay. one you use, but the Thrive one, just the Thrive probiotics. You heard of this one? Uh, what's it's the brand? Like a, a Thrive, just Thrive, isn't it? It's like a spore-based one, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. No, um, I I partnered with a pharmace uh, pharmaceutical grade one, that's, but it's spore-based. Oh, okay, yeah. And they have studies where they show the efficacy of the supplement, but it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Um, we can link to everything below. Um, what other supplements do you take other than possibly mm -hmm. the probiotics? I take ancestral supplements if I'm not oh, getting okay. organ meats. Mm -hmm. I take um, the that spore-based probiotic. I don't. I don't think I need to take it, but I just. I feel like why not? You know, if I don't have maintenance. Yeah. yeah, just why not? Um, I don't take antifungals anymore. 
Um, but I, I will take them once in a while just to mm. I just keep it in the maintenance, exactly. Yeah. And um, what else do I take? I, I have my supplements over there. I could go and look at them. Oh, I, I have an activated charcoal supplement okay. because, you know, now in the modern world, another thing I should mention is that we're always exposed to, like, toxins, right? Yeah. So activated charcoal is just a good way to detox toxins. It just binds you, up the toxins together. Sure. Do you feel any um, like symptoms of when you take the activated charcoal often? Well, another thing I should mention is you should take it like without food. So take it just before bed because it can like mess with the food. Mm-hmm. Or if you like feel like you've had like if you had like a if you ate something that gave you a reaction, if you take activated charcoal, then it actually sort of relieves it somehow. Yeah. Um, it like that can really help. So I yeah, don't know really mm-hmm. that much. Yeah, I've experienced that too. So I ate out, uh, I think the steakhouse we were eating at uh, maybe used really bad oils. I'm not really sure. But then I started breaking out in hives and then I took activated charcoal and I felt a little better that oh. night. But I don't know if it's also I just healed um, with, mm. you know, eating more meat, uh, meat-based food. So, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah. what do you think about L-glutamine? You know, it's a popular, mm-hmm. um, go, go ahead. Um, so, well, raw milk and raw dairy contain L-glutamine. So I would just say like, why not get it from a, natural source first because like, what is it for um for the followers that don't yeah well it, it also it, it tends if i'm not mistaken it's, it helps the body detox as well in general um yes. which and, and some people say to me like oh there's raw dairy um why do i get like spots when i have raw dairy or something straight away and when i first took raw dairy i had like diarrhea i had some spots mm-hmm. i should mention this it's like the first week i had these like weird symptoms and i kind of I kept taking it because I saw a Western A. Price video that said that um, you need to take like small amounts every day. Mm-hmm. And after a week, I just stopped having these symptoms. But I, I reckon it might have been because of L-glutamine, um, which not many people like really talking about. And also the problem with supplementation in general is that in, you've got to be careful because in nature, right, the, the whole foods come with certain nutrients and certain you know, molecules that help you absorb other nutrients and utilize all its properties. So right. if you're taking like just supplements, sometimes if you do it too much or certain, if you don't take it with other nutrients, then it can actually find nutrients in your body and take and it will take those nutrients. So it might be leading you deficient in some nutrients. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, you know, I see a lot of people put collagen on their steak or yeah. um, other, but you know, our body likes to be mm-hmm. in balance, and so there are so many different balance um, balances in our body like if you and I tell this to a lot of people so I'll just say it right now but if you for example um, are deficient in sodium your body will throw out potassium and magnesium first mm-hmm. before it throws out sodium and so when people are mm-hmm. like oh you know I need to supplement potassium and magnesium it might just be that you not, you need more salt because your body again will throw out the potassium and magnesium first before it throws out sodium so mm-hmm. yeah. I agree so yeah, so do you, um, and even within potassium and magnesium, there's also, so it's, I, I think, it, so don't quote me on this one, but I, it might be that it throws out potassium first before magnesium, and so that's maybe why you can't really overdose on magnesium, but you can overdose on potassium. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't really realize that, it's interesting. Yeah, well, there's um, there's several, um, there's these like balances in our body, um, yeah, but, um, and so for you, uh, do you, so do you never you know, add those like collagen and other than like in bone broth. I don't, I don't, I just, but I just take, I have lots of bone broth. Um, and I don't, I don't really take any collagen supplements. 
I don't take much. I do take um now it's it's getting cold. I don't know how it is there, but oh no, in the UK, it's, it's the already 90s cold. Oh. oh okay. Lucky. Yeah, so I'm already taking like some D3 of K2. Okay. Um, okay. But make sure you take it with the K2 or it yeah. can go in weird places. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um so in terms of your candida, so one, how did you know it was candida and not another gut issue? And then yeah, so uh, I didn't take a test for that. Sorry, you can finish what you were saying. Oh, and then I was just going to ask, so how do people heal candida? I mean, other than any, you know, any other tips than the ones that we've talked about? Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't, I self-diagnosed myself, so I'm not like 100% sure I had candida. Oh, okay. But I had so many of the symptoms and the sure. antifungals, the antifungals worked so well and I just noticed a massive reduction in my symptoms. So I'm pretty like 90% sure it was candida. But I didn't okay. get a self-diagnosis because after the whole anxiety thing, I didn't really trust doctors and... um I had this other problem where I went to a doctor and they literally diagnosed me with Lyme disease and I took some like oh Lyme disease like antibiotics and I, and it just after like eating more meat it just went away completely and like, it wasn't Lyme disease at all. So I just right. basically never, that's the reason why I never got any tests done because I just sure. didn't really, yeah. So yeah um, and the other question about candida. Um, so another thing we didn't mention is so the, the four tips I recommend for like healing any sort of gut condition is like one mm -hmm. is like rest the gut. Yeah. People, don't, people don't really realize this, but if you looked inside our gut, it would have the same symptoms as an injured arm. It'd have inflammation, it'd have like wounds. Like, so like you have to rest it. Like people don't realize because they can't see their gut like they can, but it really is like a broken arm. Like you have to yeah. rest it with easy to digest foods. So that's where like meat and carnival diet comes in for me. It's like you need to like, because meat is easy to digest. So yeah. rest the gut. And then the second thing would be like um, antifungals. If you have, uh, if you think you have some sort of pathogen problem, and then the third step would be reculture the gut with probiotics. Right. And then the fourth step is like um, heal the gut lining with bone broth or meat stock. So those are like my main steps for healing. And then some people can add in like activated charcoal afterwards as well as like a fifth step. Sure. So what what other than oregano oil? What uh, what else do you? Mm -hmm. um, what other antifungals are there? So uh, my favorite ones is oregano oil, Paul Diaco, Paul Diaco. It's like a from yeah South American comes from okay. South America. Um, cap caprylic acid. Okay. Um, okay. Even ginger and turmeric. Like obviously, <laughs> turmeric's got a, it's got quite a high in oxalate, so maybe it's not. It's very but, high in oxalate. So maybe yeah, I would avoid that for some people. Like some people react really sensitive to oxalates. Mm -hmm. um, so ginger, you could use I don't know. It's you could use grapefruit seed extract, but it's a bit. It's like another plant kind of. Um, there's loads more. There's like billions of antifungals that I've, that that you can get on the market. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, yeah, I have a list too that I give my clients, but um, yeah, but they're more um, they're more seasoning based, so they're more like oregano. I, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of what the other one. It's not basil, like warm, but it, or wormwood, wormwood extract as well. Like wormwood, like mm -hmm. use that for parasites and for candida. Seems yeah, and some um, some practitioners recommend just like biting and chewing on garlic. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, 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 the raw garlic. Yeah, that can help as well. That's really antifungal. Mm -hmm. yes. And then some say also like coconut oil, but um, you know. yeah, it's, it's really not. It's not really like potent, you know. Yeah. Same with like honey. It's like honey is technically antifungal, but it's not really. Yeah. It doesn't really. I saw an experiment. Um, someone did on YouTube on they literally gave they put like. They had candida in like a little test, like okay. a test, uh, what's it called, a like a test, dish. Uh -huh. petri dish, yeah. And they literally like fed it things and it like grew the fastest on like bread. 
It really uh, liked red. It, it, it didn't grow. For some reason, it grew on lemon, even though lemon's acidic, so you thought it would have, like... And um, it didn't grow on, like, butter or meat very well. But it's oh, still... that's interesting. I'll have to get the URL for that. Uh, yeah, I'll send you it. Today. And um, anyway, so oregano oil was, like, the most effective by far. Awesome. But okay. also, people need to know that you can't starve candida. You could do a carnival diet for your whole life, and you won't be able to starve it. You could yeah, and you, you need candida in your body. I mean, we candida is a natural yeah. part of our well, there's body. Like, there's like fungus and yeast. I think yeast is like fine, but the problem is when it like turns into the fungal form um, is when it's like a problem. Because I think everyone needs yeast, but I think it's a bit... There's like yeast candida and there's fungal candida. Okay. So I think there's like it's a bit different when it's I, a fungus. I, I just think it's when there's overgrowth, right? And then also mm-hmm. you're inundating your systems with too much mm-hmm. food and too many toxins, and it's just... Yeah. And it's just the you know perfect storm. So mm-hmm. um, we do need candida, and I um, yeah. So I think it's really about how do you tame the candida to normal levels. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, for you, like, and from the people that you've talked with, um, how do you know which part of the gut to be he- gut needs to be mm-hmm. healed, right? And so Please. just let me. Um, it, you know, there's the stomach, there's the even up yeah. to the esophagus, your mouth, and then uh, the smaller, mm-hmm. large intestines. Like, how do you know? Mm-hmm. If it's like, for example, if it's candida versus like a heavy metal toxin or if it's yeah, yeah, yeah. gut or SIBO, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So it's, re- that's one of the hardest things to do. It, the hardest things to do is find the root cause is where, where it is. And the only way to, the only way to find that out is either to experiment a bit, try different things. Um, but also you can do tests. There's loads of tests you can do to get tested where the area is. That's one of the things you can actually use doctors for. <laughs> You know, get get a really good get a test of where your where the inflammation is in the gut to see where the problem is, like if it's in the colon. And the funny thing that people don't realize is all these gut diseases, they all if you look at the like definition of them, they all just mean like inflammation of the gut in a different place. Yeah, that's true. And what is inflammation? It's like a response to injury. So you've injured something somehow. And it could be to do with like eating hard to digest foods, it could be like even pathogens, they they actually injure you from the inside. They can they kill cells. They can damage the gut lining. So like it's just a simple like that's why the carnival diet, in my opinion, does so well for people with gut injury because it's it's like resting the gut. It's like you're putting your gut on like a on a nice sofa, just like letting them chill for a bit, you know. So do you believe in fasting as well while you're doing carnivore? Or I, do I I do, but I don't know. For me, it's a bit different because I, I'm a really skinny guy. Yeah. So if I did fasting like and carnivore, I'd be I was literally like on a twig like. <laughs> So, but I do recommend it um, certain times, but I think dry fasting is a bit much. And I think yeah. um, for some people it can be a bit. Yeah, just, no, I don't. Um, I think your body really needs hydration. It's actually one of the yeah. really much needed nutrients. And so I think maybe like a 12, maybe 24 hours, but I don't really recommend it much more than that. I think it's just unnecessary danger for your body. And yeah. I mean, it could literally shut down your organs and stuff. Um, I agree with that. Ter- so in terms of, you know, so, you know, we don't hear many stories of, oh, I'm skinny and I'm trying to gain weight. I do have people that reach out to me of like, how do you gain weight while I'm doing carnivore? So how, wh- what would you recommend for people that, you know, they want to eat clean, but they don't want to lose all this weight and because they already lose weight as it is. So what would you recommend that their diet should be like? Yeah. So I've tried like adding as much fat as I can and it didn't help. And yeah. the problem is I felt bad as well because once you re- reduce, once you lower your protein, it can make, it can, it's not always the best idea for everyone. Yeah. Um, so if I would recommend like, I know unless you're really scared of like sugar and carbs, I'd recommend like 
raw honey or something. It's still okay. technically from an animal product. Or, you know, not, if, you're, if you're keto, nut butters help a lot. Um, but honestly, just eating more. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I, I recommend, I'm, I'm not like always on keto and carnivore. That's one of the reasons why I recommend that people can add some easy to digest carbs in their diet, some fruits, some raw honey, some, you know, you don't have to eat grains and starches to, to, to get some like carbs because carbs do make people put on weight generally. Yes. Um, but yeah, eating more calories and even dairy can help because, you know, dairy can help put on a bit of weight. So yeah, yeah. I the mixture of that, of dairy, some honey, um, cause yeah, if, especially if you want to, if you don't want to eat like any starches, then yeah, honey, fruit, dairy. Yeah. I think it's, um, from my experience, it's, I, I really think it's just, you need to consume more calories. So I know, and I know it's harder, um, for some people to just eat yeah. like two pounds of meat or, you know, that many kilograms of meat, but mm-hmm. I mean, you just that that will you know and i i recommend like eating marrow so because you know it's a it's mm. very very high in fat and yeah, there's yeah. protein it's just finding ways to find the foods that have you know that are like jam-packed in calories and they don't mm-hmm. fill your stomach a lot um yeah. that's why cheese is good because you can overeat cheese a mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. it's basically all the foods that a lot of people don't try to eat that will make you gain weight <laughs> and so yeah. you should eat those foods i think mm-hmm. um do you have a favorite recipe for meat stock um i just do really traditional like it's kind of it's not that like it's not the tastiest but i literally just you know put the bones in a pot like you know heat it up for like two hours or so and um but also i don't know what like for some reason a lot of people you know when you first boil the the bones and there's like a foam that comes to the top yeah i always take that out yeah Uh, no i do i recommend that too because it's weird because loads of people like a message me saying like oh why did you take the foam out and i'm like i thought it's kind of obvious like I don't even know exactly what that foam is. It's it's just like I think it's like the remnants of the blood. It's like scum, mm. and so I mean, we don't wash our steaks before we cook it, and so it's mm-hmm. there too. But it just doesn't rise up in the boiling water. But okay, yeah. I mean, it, it's up to you people. But I mean, I have been raised by my parents to always. Uh, so, so my mom and grandparents they always ate bone broth, and so mm-hmm. they always clean the scum actually they would take out all the water and clean the bones and then cook it and then it would be purely white when they would do it i don't even do that i just take off Mm -hmm. the scum on the top and i just keep cooking it so it's up to everyone um i don't think it hurts i mean i have tried it without the scum removed but i mean it just seems cleaner i guess maybe Mm -hmm. that's why it's amazing how much um you don't realize this but traditional cultures or just like you know like whatever any country like um, they always have bone broths in their diet. Yeah. And people, I never knew it was bone broth because my grandma makes chicken soup, right? And when, mm-hmm. when I'm ill, and I was always like, oh, what's, what's in chicken soup? And then later on, I realized this, like after learning about the whole like bone broth thing, I was like, wow, it's like basically meat stock. Yeah. And that's why it heals so much. And I was like, and I learned like, wow, like that makes so much sense now, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand my parents and my grandparents, um, you know, they, so we, they immigrated from Korea. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times I'd grow up in a Western culture and we would be drinking these bone broths and, you know, our house would smell of like fermented soup. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so gross. And I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to have anyone come over our oh, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as I learn about nutrition, it's like, wow. Now I get why you guys that's like cool. Like that's like cool. Put, yeah, we used to have um, these big tubs for the fermented soy and, and these clay, you know, mm. so they weren't using plastic. And then they would literally put the kimchi into these 
um, containers and then put it underground, like literally inside wow. the ground. Wow, and it would cool. ferment that way. And they would keep wow. it there until like winter and bring it up. It's so, I thought it was so bizarre. And now yeah. I get it. And so it, yeah. my mom laughs that I'm like telling people to try bone broth when I used to hate that yeah. she would make me drink it. So it's, yeah. it's, it's so funny. It's, uh, there's so much truth. Yeah, there's so much truth to um, our, um, our, you know, even our great grandparents and what they mm -hmm. were eating. Um, do you have any recommendations? So a lot of people give pushback with bone broth because they say one, the taste, um, mm -hmm. and then two, some people struggle with histamine intolerance. Have you noticed anything about that? And if you want to yeah. talk about it, yeah, people do ask me that, and it's kind of embarrassing because I. When I first like started my account, I didn't even know what the difference between meat stock and bone broth was, mm -hmm. and I and I learned about it, and um and I realized like yeah like um meat stock tends to heal the gut lining better, and bone broth is more for the minerals and yes. for keeping the gut healthy. And I didn't realize that before. I was always making bone broth, and I was like, and I tried meat stock, and it really did feel a lot like more not like sort of easier on the gut. Right. Yeah. So yeah, people have told me that, and I now I tell people all the time like. Yeah, so if you're having problems reacting to a bit bone broth, try the meat stock. And yeah, I, I say the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree with you. Yeah. So, I mean, just based off everything we've said, I think, you know, most of the uh, watchers would know this, but what, what would you feel is the most optimal diet? So I would feel like a meat-based diet, basically, is the way to put it. So it doesn't mean it has to be carnivore or keto, but you need to, you need to um, consume the majority of your calories from, calories from animal foods. Um, you know, I feel like Weston A. Price, well, he, his work was amazing, what he did. And um, the diets they were eating was kind of, like, they had amazing, like, powers almost. They were had perfect teeth, like, amazingly strong, never got diseases. I mean, like, there was one, like, tribe that could see the the, the, the moons of Jupiter from their, from their naked eyes. Wow. And, like, look, isn't crazy. And, like, so I think the diet they were eating, which was lots of organ meats, um, raw dairy, like, some fermented grains, you know, fruits, depending on the season. So this kind of diet would be just like a ancestral diet, high in animal foods, mm -hmm. fermented foods, you know, yeah. this kind of, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, my husband's like, why don't you just add some, because we have kimchi all the time at our house. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we're Korean. And yeah. so he's like, why don't you just eat kimchi? You, it's supposed to be good, but yeah. <laughs> occasionally I have a little bit, but I just don't want yeah. that of the flavor to be honest but mm -hmm. i mean occasionally i'll have a little but yeah i agree with you i think it's um that is the optimal diet i think if we look at you know that whole book on uh from weston a price it shows so many different cultures from all over the world that yeah. uh that ate you know primarily meat and a lot of fat and their faces are you know they're they're plump and they their teeth yeah. like they didn't ever have dentists and uh they never yeah. had cavities and and then it's just one generation like those those pictures where you see like the oldest sibling and then the youngest it's yeah it's crazy crazy right, right? like yeah. that the youngest sibling gets introduced to like the bread and the sugars and all of a yeah. sudden they're skinnier but their teeth like right the crowding mm -hmm. their teeth yeah, are yeah, messy. Yeah. but then the older the oldest sibling maybe like a few decades earlier they're yeah. perfectly healthy it's mm -hmm. it's it's so sad and it's it's wild. It's, it's really crazy. In terms of fiber, so what's your stance on fiber? You know, a lot of they say the standard American diet is um, yeah. you need fiber. Uh, your your colon needs butyrate from these, uh, you know, yeah, short chain yeah, yeah. fatty acids, and you need um, you know to have bowel movements. You need to like clear mm -hmm. out your um, intestines, and without eating fiber, we will mm -hmm. not be healthy. So, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts? So, I think um, first of all, like 
I've actually seen a study showing that like certain proteins in chicken and other meat can actually feed our microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the, the evidence so far is in favor of, you know, you need fiber for your microbiome. So it's, it's hard to argue it with like concrete evidence. But um, I do, I personally feel better with a bit of fiber in my diet. Um, when I was carnivore, my, my, my bowel movements weren't amazing. Um, but for me, if I eat like, if I eat too much fiber or even a, like, if I just consume like too much fiber, it's just ugh, horrible. Just like yeah. real, just my gut just feels really like heavy all the time. So I think, I think a bit of fiber is fine. I don't think you need, you, know, you need to, I don't think fiber is this like enemy of like humans, but the interesting thing to mention as well is that humans can't, you know, it's in so it's insoluble yeah. cellulose, right? Whereas monkeys, even gorillas, like people say, oh, we're primates, like eat like a gorilla, but like. They can digest fiber. They can digest insoluble fiber. So we can't. There must be sort of reason for that, right? Yeah. I mean, I. So there was a period I was completely carnivore, and then I kind of went off it. I probably a year ago, and then I just yeah. um, experienced experiment with a little bit of vegetables. I had a salad, mm. and oh my gosh, um, I think that was way too much fiber <laughs> yeah, for me. All of a sudden, yeah. the bloat, the stomach pain, mm-hmm. it just all came back. But I, yeah. you know, when I've had a, like one or two um, like kimchi pieces, um, I didn't really notice a big deal. I did feel like mm-hmm. a little bit of gas, which you basically have none on carnivore, right? So there, yeah. there was that. But it, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's really bio-individual. Some people, if they have any sort of veggies, they feel really sick. And so yeah. then you probably listen to your body and don't have any, right? But um, I agree with you. I think if um, you want to have a little bit, if that'll give you some sanity to stay carnivore, then go for it, right? So, um, yeah, and I think there was, a, you know, and oh, in terms of uh, a lot of the like clients I work with and even just anecdotal stories. So there's yeah. always this, when you first go carnivore, people are so shocked at how different the bowel movements are. They feel constipated, but a lot of it's sometimes just mental. Like they're used to going mm. and having these large bowel movements and going very often. And then some people will have the runs, but over time it balances out so if you give it three months um you will get used to these really really small bowel movements which shows that you don't have anything to waste right like you're yeah, absorbing right. It shows that you're like, your body's absorbing the protein yeah. really well so it's not yeah. it's like, some people say like oh it's really hard to digest but if you only eat meat it's like you're not nothing not much is really coming out so it's a sign that you're actually digesting it better than plant foods right yeah i, I always yeah. say to my clients i'm like are you gaining a ton of weight on carnivore? It, it, because, you know, they're concerned about the bowel movements and they're not releasing um, toxins. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, um, I'm not gaining weight, I'm losing weight. And so it's like, yeah, then you know that it's, you're absorbing it. It's not that mm-hmm. it's like stuck somewhere in your body and you're yeah, just not yeah. able to pull it out, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I think most people, they start regulating to one, one time a day or t- every two days. And that's completely normal. I think you just, it's a big mind shift. It's a big mm-hmm. paradigm shift to understand that, hey, my bowel movements will be much smaller. They may not be every day and it's OK. So I don't think you need the fiber. Like you said, there's not a ton of studies right now, unfortunately. So we'll have to see. Um, but what about white rice? So, you know, I know that white rice doesn't have a ton of nutrients, but um, I, I, I saw that you ferment white rice. One, how do you do that? And then uh, why aren't you opposed to yeah. rice? Mm-hmm. So like. You can do, if you want to consume like whole foods, you can do brown rice, but it's just hot. You need to really like, like prepare it well. You need to like soak it for a long time. Brown rice brown has things. a lot of anti-nutrients. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why I recommend white rice to people that want to add some carbs in the diet because it's, it's a lot less, 
it's a lot less uh, dangerous in terms of adds nutrients. But um, you can ferment with like yogurt. You can like oh, okay. you know anything acidic. Like you can like soak it overnight basically. Um, what I always do is recommend is you soak the rice before you use it anyway. So if you want to eat some yeah. white white rice, then like at least soak before you um, before you cook it. Just soak it in water for like ten minutes, and it's amazing. Like you see all this like weird stuff come to the top. And those are all like the plant chemicals, like lots of them. And then you and then you like um, use the rice mix or whatever to to cook it. So you don't need to necessarily need to ferment it. But people mm -hmm. with really um, sensitive guts, um, the best thing you could do is like if you want to consume some carbs, then make it into like a rice porridge, like a, you know, like an, an oh, Asian yeah. have like a, a ghee, a, what's it called, like a congee, like yeah, that's Japanese, but yeah, uh -huh. yeah, it's like really like really. The more you break down plant foods, the easier it is to digest. Oh, so that's like that's why mashed potatoes are like really. If you if I eat a baked potato, it's like feels heavy. If I eat mashed potatoes. Um, then it feels a lot lighter because the more the more you break it down, the the more the plant antinutrients are sort of less, and it's all it breaks down all the molecules. Yes, yeah. that just goes back to my parents. My mom and grandma they would always just have the rice in water and just sitting mm -hmm. there, and I'm like, what are they doing? Obviously, I yeah. didn't know anything again, and I mean, I don't think they understood the logic. They just you know it was traditionally passed down, but they would pour out that water and then you know use fresh water, and then mm -hmm. they would get again. But we also, we like rinse the rice, like as if we're washing it like it's laundry. Oh, so even yeah. after they do that, we like, sh she would make me wash the rice until the water was absolutely clear. Oh, wow. And sometimes, yeah. And sometimes it would take like five minutes or something. So I'd have to, you know, so water yeah. then, oh, then once we were about to cook, they would make me wash it, make it all clear. The water is 100% clear. And then we would finally cook it. I'm gonna still. And I never tip. understood. I just thought, okay, that's what they yeah. do, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, uh, the oh, the mashed potatoes. So, what, mm -hmm. what? How do you eat your mashed potatoes? Yeah, so I basically uh, peel off the skins because the antinutrients are in the skins, a lot of them, and the seeds. That's why like plants store most of the antinutrients. And then I um, I boil them like really like boil them until they're really like mushy. Okay. And then I uh, use raw butter and raw milk. Okay, so just okay. like, and I really mash it hard, and I just break it down. So it's just like really, it's just, it's almost like it's just really smooth, you know. Yeah. And then if I eat that, it's just, it's like night and day. From me eating like a baked potato to me eating that, it just feels like it's not as heavy at all. So at the moment, I'm really a fan of like having like a steak with like some mashed potato on the side, lots of raw butter, you know. Like the more like, mm -hmm. I feel like plant foods. There was like a really funny um, Western A Price video where like uh, they were saying like. Plant foods is just like a, another excuse to put more like, like fats on, the, on top of them. Like, just put more butter on the side. You know, just put them like slob it on the plants. Yeah, that makes sense. My husband loves potatoes, and so I never. So I buy the groceries. So I just never bring it in the house. But yeah. I should try that. I should just make mashed mm -hmm. potatoes because it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. I yeah. mean, my parents when we were sick, they would give us porridge. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And porridge in terms of white, not oatmeal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like white, yeah, made out of rice. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so, um, uh, so now, oh, we already talked about them. Okay, sorry. Uh, let's see. Okay, so um, I know you've already talked about the four steps to healing your gut. Is there any other tips that you have to, you know, just heal your gut, um, mm -hmm. heal um, emotional like anxiety, panic mm -hmm. attacks? You know, when you feel that impending doom, there's like nothing that someone can do to help you. What mm -hmm. What are some tips that you can just provide for people? Mm -hmm. So, in the moment, do you mean, or do you mean like, do you, like right in the moment when they're having a panic attack? Um, 
general. You, it could be both. So maybe like yeah. moments, tips and tricks for yeah. in that moment impending doom. And then also just overall, like how do you, you know, what can you do to really help heal yourself mm -hmm. and thrive? So I think it's like quite a holistic approach really helps. So instead of just targeting diet, like I would try, I always recommend like to do the con, try the carnival kind of diet because it like helps so many with the anxiety because meat's being so demonized. I feel like everyone's deficient in red meat, specifically red meat, because it's just everyone's been told to stay away from that. Um, then I recommend the sleep. It's really important. Like with light, like right now, I should be wearing my my blue blocking glasses um, to just because I feel because it's nighttime here now. Yeah, and it'll just. Um, this, your circadian rhythms is really important for me because basically your body is really only healing during sleep. That's the main time it heals. So like if our body is not having quality sleep, then like how is that we going to heal anxiety? Like our bodies. So that's another thing I mentioned, the whole light thing, like wearing a blue blocking glasses, get a good brand, don't buy a cheap one. Um, yeah. The sleep, sleep really matters a lot. And yeah. then in general, getting sunlight won't be as much of a problem for you guys because of the sun's like so. Yeah, it's really hot, but in the UK, especially, especially in winter, I think like I don't know. You just need to like you know people don't realize this, but you can get vitamin D from um, animal foods. You know, you can get them from like animal fats. Like so, in winter, you know, in the Scandinavian countries, they ate lots of animal fat. Oh, okay. And I think it's because they're trying to get the vitamin D like from the cod liver oil from the. Um, you know, the animal fat, the butters. They were trying to get those vitamin D so they wouldn't be so depressed. Um, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Every, yeah, every time I've, I've, I've been to London several times and uh, I think there was only one time there was sun. It's always, yeah, uh, yeah. there's always, uh, it's always it's a cloudy cold, day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good this summer, but it just, it goes, when it, when it turns autumn, it's just, it just shuts off, like the sun just goes. Um, it's, yeah. it's an amazing city. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, another um, yeah, you go on. Oh, no. So uh, what, what about, like, in the moment, Doom? So in, in the moment, I really just, I, I take walks. Um, I, like, for some reason, it always helps when I speak to my parents. Just It's just, yeah. like, a thing that helps. Oh, yeah. But I don't yeah, really have any, Community is like... so important. Community mm -hmm. is so important to have you yeah. feel understood and that it's normalizing what you're going through. Um, yeah. That can relieve a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I remember, like, it is really crazy, like, when my panic attacks were at their peak, Mm -hmm. I would literally be doing like nothing. I was literally like walking around. I remember I went to Birmingham once. I was just like walking around the city and I just got this panicky feeling like something's wrong. I couldn't get on the train to go back to London. Oh, okay. So I had to like go outside the station and just walk around. And I was just like, I couldn't stop panicking. And I was just like, for no reason at all. But, but it was definitely because of my diet for me. So and yeah. in, in those moments, the best thing I could do was really just walk. For some reason, walking just really helped. Um, yeah. In in so um, I've I've been into um, therapy for disordered eating and so they had a lot of outside activities they had a lot of interesting ones to that give you insight into life and just you know having better tools to then not focus on food to deal with your emotions and anxiety and mm -hmm. so one one thing they would always have us do is there was like a park by us and so we would always go around the park have some mm -hmm. walks you know get in some sun nature and just mm -hmm. take in some fresh air and then even have conversations with someone or not have conversations right mm. and everybody that would go even if people were depressed were in the mood of like don't talk to me don't mess with me right now yeah. um after they would go everyone you noticeably could tell people were a lot more relaxed a lot more happier and so I think there is something to walking i know it releases some endorphins so that may maybe why too but 
it might also be that you're focusing on other things. And so you're not just like in the moment, just with the anxiety, right? So mm -hmm. it, yeah, it might just be- You mentioned about talking to people. Um, like when, you, when, you, when I talk to someone, when I used to have panic attacks, it would just make, take my mind off the anxiety, right? So that helps a lot, yeah. It's yeah. a good one. And it's uh, finding the right people though. Sometimes- um, Yeah. They Don't could, uh, panic. There's... Stop panicking, it like, makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, like, like, dude, get over it, right? Yeah, 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 like, come on, yeah. like, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so, um, and any other recommendations or guidance for healing the gut, um, anything else that, mm -hmm. you know, you think are, like, nuggets of wisdom that would, um, you know, the people that are watching would appreciate? Mm -hmm. um, let me think, there definitely is one, but I'm trying to think of it on the spot that I, don't, that I haven't really talked about. I'd say just the steps I talked about, like you need like a mix between, like don't just focus on one, don't just focus on like, like resting the gut, the carnal diet is great, but for some people they need like some more and like, um, you know, they, some people need some like probiotics, don't just, don't just eat like steak and think everything's going to become better, you know. Need, yeah, like, I, agree. I, think, I, I absolutely agree. I think some people can just eat meat and it'll be fine. And then some people mm -hmm. actually need the support. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's like, yeah. Um, and I and I think your other lifestyle um, factors are very important too. I think sleep, right? Like you said, it's when you um, you heal, and so that's why for my kids, whenever they're sick, I'm always like, you guys need to go to bed because that's the only way you're going to get over this, and then you can go out yeah. and play, right? Um, <laughs> and then also stress, right? So if you have too much stress in your body, it stress mm -hmm. will make you sick. I mean, it eats yeah. up cortisol. It you know makes your digestion much harder, right? Because you're never going to be in a parasympathetic mm -hmm. state. Yeah. You guys need to rest and relax to digest your food properly. So, yeah, I, I completely believe. And that's why I'm all about holistic health, not just you can just eat meat and yeah, yeah, you're yeah. good to go, right? No, like you need mm -hmm. to work on the other factors, but we can focus on meat first, right? Focus on one component mm -hmm. and then start like having the rest of your life um, improve as well. Yeah, I think I saw um, this study about like how um, literally someone who got really stressed, they had like, someone surprised them or like it was some trauma or something and did a study where it showed they couldn't like digest food properly for like 48 hours yeah so imagine sense. that like happening to people in real life like and then they're eating this massive like burger with like some really processed grains and imagine how much they just probably wrecks their digestive system as well yeah i mean when people are really really stressed i mean they get ulcers right in the stomach mm -hmm. And if they're really stressed, then a lot of them turn to alcohol, which is not beneficial, or they eat a lot of food, um, bad yeah. processed foods that are like really greasy, but you know, mm -hmm. with bad oils and then with yeah. like a burger, you know, they'll just eat not the best foods and then it'll yeah. just exacerbate the, you know, the gut already not being in a good condition. And then I think it just worsens the ulcers and then all the other symptoms that um, mm -hmm. they'll probably take medication for ulcers, which will even worsen the gut, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It'll deal with one symptom, then, then something else will go. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, so as we're about to close, thank you for coming on. But uh, what what would you say is your favorite quote and or one of your favorite quotes and why? Probably there's that, that, hip, um, that quote. It's like kind of a stoic quote that um, before you heal someone, you know, ask him if he's willing to give up the habits that made yeah. him sick. That's so funny. I That's um, I just added that to my book, but yeah, I love that quote. I Did think that it's as well. Yeah, it's just it's the best. It's just true, isn't it? There's another like quote. I think Wesley Price even said it, or someone, and it was like, um, you know, if you don't like, if you don't like follow the rules of nature, 
um, then you'll get sick. And I feel like that's a really big import. Like right now, that's really important because we're in this like modern world where we're going further and further away from um, what our bodies need. Like you know, we're all we're always around blue light. We're always we're being like like meat is like a natural food for us, and we're being mm-hmm. told to stay away from it. So I feel like I right now, it's really important. Yeah. yeah, and you know, educating the misinformation um, and in, um, correcting it, I think, is so important. Yeah, and we just need to have us go back to the way our even our grand great grandparents ate. I think mm-hmm. it's just we didn't snack as much. We didn't eat all these like nuts and uh you know these like yeah. uh, i don't know those fruit and nut bars and all these mm-hmm. snacks that are you know these pouches yeah. of food that i mean we we never our grandparents great grandparents didn't have it and so mm-hmm. i mean maybe there's something to it and we shouldn't be eating that ourselves and we should go back to um whole foods even if it takes more time even if it's you know the yeah. food doesn't last forever but i mean you're mm-hmm. gonna pay for it in the long term if you don't yeah totally i agree with that yeah Okay, so where can people find you and what are you up to next? I mean, if anything you want to share with the people watching. Yeah, so right now I just have, it's just Instagram, <laughs> Ancestral Health Guy. Um, but I'm making, a, I'm making a guide actually about how to heal anxiety. So oh, it's like a little like kind of online guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if, if, if anyone wants to know like really in detail, like I, I, I mentioned all the causes of anxiety and how to heal them in like detail, not just like an Instagram post then like, um, yeah, the guide will be good for you. For you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, once you have it, I'll definitely share it in the notes as well. And then everything we've yeah. talked about, I'll share some um, information in the notes too. Well, thank you very much for your time. This has been um, awesome. Yeah, you know, I love so your much. infographics. I love your oh, infographics and you. I love sharing it. And you know, I make my own too. So like I completely mm. understand the level of effort and the time it takes. So, you know, I appreciate everything you do. And you know, you're bringing so much wisdom and support and help for the, you know, the people that are following you and, uh, you know, a lot yeah. of people. So thank you very much. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Okay. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, talk to you soon. See you. Bye, Judy. Okay, bye-bye. See you later. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you guys are really interested in different types of probiotics, I have a video that I released last week um, about all about spore probiotics basically the spore probiotic is different than traditional probiotics because it bypasses all the uh, harsh gastric uh, enzymes and digestion and so it survives until it gets down to the gi tract definitely take a look at that and watch that video i'll also link to it in my notes all right guys we'll take care of yourselves make sure to eat a lot of meat make sure to get some organ meat some bone broth and make sure to take care of your body because it is the only place you have to live All right, until next time, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com slash groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. 
You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and The Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.